Hey, whoa, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I discussed the dog collar match made between CM Punk and MJF, the stellar main event between Sammy Guevara and Darby Allin, Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez potentially stealing the show, further discussion on Cody Rhodes' exit from the company, including Kenny Omega's comments, Eddie Kingston feuding with Chris Jericho, Jay White's in-ring debut, talk of Jeff Hardy in AEW, Buddy Matthews being Added to the House of Black? Hmm. And such plenty more to talk about here on this episode of Two to Who? Oh, I say it. Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice. Hey, come on here, fat boy. <laughs> this is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com, and this is another, the second episode this week of Two, Two, Who, Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage, and I am here with none other than my degenerate brother of AdFreeShows.com. It is Marcus D'Angelo. Marcus, welcome back again to the show. We're, we're getting the streak going again, huh? We're, we're really, we're on a damn roll. That's two weeks in a row, Dom. Two That's weeks. right. Oh, uh, so yeah, we're we're really rolling now, baby. Nesha, what's up? Welcome. Uh, good to good to have you in here again, Dominic. You know, last time you and I spoke on on the podcast, you were in quite a tizzy. Oh my god, I'm still settling down from it. Uh, you know, it's still like it's still a gut punch, I think, to me in a lot of ways. Uh, just Cody being gone, and um, basically, it's just yeah, I don't, it's gonna be an adjustment, I think. Uh, you know, I don't know what to believe anymore, Dominic, because you know he keeps getting acknowledged by like Kenny Omega and the Bucks now. Um, right. where, where they're like making statements I'm like this feels very planned okay you know what let's uh, i was gonna maybe pick that up later on in the show but let's just kick Fuck the show it. off let's that. let's Fuck roll it, dude let's roll Fuck it, right dude. let's go bowling this. let's go bowling so and Nesha that's what nesha with some shade early early oh, shade from see. nesha we need the shade <laughs> keep us <laughs> I, yes I, 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 deserve perfect, the, nesha. I deserve the shade i know even two weeks with marcus you know marcus can't count that high so he can't get that far that's super rude, super rude, rude yes. of both of you. Uh, um, anyways, Cody, dumb. Let's Cody. talk Cody some yes. more. Cody so revisited. We left off where we were thinking it's like a shoot, and it's probably a shoot. I like the, by all accounts, it seems that way. Um, you know, like we said uh, earlier in the week, talks with WWE, the camps. But you know what? You know, you never know. You never say never. And here, this is kind of where I lay at it, Marcus, and I want to get. Your thought. Hang on, maybe... Nesha just Nesha just did a baby face turn on me. Appreciate that, Nesha. No, nah, uh, we don't love need you, Love you guys that. too, Steven, What's up, man? I'm not putting that on here. <laughs> Come on, put it up. Nope. All right. Very good. But um, so I'm kind of in the realm of like, hey, Cody's gonna be back in AEW at some point. That's kind of where I'm thinking at right now. Maybe maybe he's gone for now. You know, and maybe he goes to WWE. But I think he's going to be back in AEW because you know what? Cody's a smart guy. Cody knows the business. What's going to make him more 
marketable than leaving, you know, a promotion, maybe going to another one, maybe just going away, but then coming back to it. I think, uh, I think that's something that uh, people should not really rule out a lot of the ways. So I've, I've changed my mind over the past couple of days. I think it's, it's all a work. Really? Yep. Um, because... Now, okay, go ahead. Give me a reason first and I'll play. So uh, the, the young bucks are acknowledging it. Uh, Kenny Omega has now acknowledged it. Um, and here's the deal is ordinarily when somebody leaves a promotion, even if let's say they left a bad taste or whatever before they left ordinarily the promotion, just in case, because as is usual with the wrestling business, it's always that whole, you never know, might, might be back baby face the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of halfway, not baby facing the situation where they're saying stuff like he wasn't a good fit. He didn't have the same vision as us. Like they're, they're saying all that sort of thing. And to me, it's like if if they were just saying, uh, I don't, you know, wish him the best of luck, best in his future endeavors. If they were doing that whole thing, then I, I would find it a lot more uh, believable. But the fact that they're kind of like semi kind of being aggressive or coming at him a little bit. Like tossing uh, a little shade in a way. Tossing or... a little shade. That's that is telling me that the whole thing is a work. Um, so, the, yeah, I've, I've completely changed my stance. Uh, also, also, if you think about it, Dom, so like the media, uh, we, there's media personnel out there that are saying stuff like, you know, rumor is that uh, WWE's in strong talks with Cody and, and this and that. I would not be a bit surprised if uh, Tony Khan is calling in some favors to media people. There's somebody uh, with a connection to some media people is saying like, hey, can you can you float this out there for me? You know, like some sort of leaks or something. I, Marcus, I um. You know, that's where I was going to go next. It's like, okay, so where a lot of these quotes came from was uh, what I wrote on WrestleZone.com today. But it was also courtesy of Jeremy Lambert of Fightful, who did all the transcriptions. We know how tough transcriptions are and how daunting they can be. And Jeremy Lambert does A-plus job at them. So props to him. Uh, But also there was a transcription regarding uh, via Wrestling Observer, straight from the horse's mouth where it came from, uh, where Kenny Omega... I had an interview with uh, Dave Meltzer and Garrett Gonzalez, a wrestling observer. And, um, you know, when Kenny does interviews, he only does interviews pretty much with Meltzer. So, uh, I don't know. Like, would he be working Meltzer? Would they all yes. be working Meltzer? I, I, th- I think they're all working together. I think that Meltzer has, clearly has a strong relationship with AEW, does he not? Yeah, but from a, uh, I guess, if you're going from a, a writer or journalist perspective, yeah. You kind of don't go that way, right? Like you're not supposed to, especially the caliber he's, you know, the reputation he's got. If he's getting... there's something going on with Meltzer and AEW, and and I don't think that there's any denying that anymore. He I... backs them. He backs them too much on everything to not to not have some kind of a vested interest. Now I'm not saying that he's on the payroll for the company. I, no, I don't, he's not. No, I, I don't think that he is. But I think that he's developed close relationships sure, with, the, yes. with the Bucks and a lot 100%. of people there. And if I think that if they were to say to Dave, hey, can you help us with a storyline? Uh, we're not going to tell you to directly say anything specific about Cody Rhodes. But if you can help us by by kind of halfway floating some ideas out there or, or giving us a forum to float ideas. Um, and I'm sure he would be happy to, to oblige Dom rich, rich Murphy is saying Cody's coming back as a monster heel demanding world title shot for coming back. Uh, I wouldn't hate it. That's kind of a good idea. Actually, rich. I like that. Yeah. You know, uh, any, so I did the hot tag, our other show on WrestleZone here where it's around the horn, but with wrestling writers and personalities and, uh, everybody across the board said it was all a shoot. Like there's no work to it. 
So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think anymore. Uh, it's, to me, it's the whole thing's been a little too on the nose. Dom Nesha, uh, she has heard that he was in Florida today filming stuff for WWE. Hmm. What, what what news source did you get that from? Nesha? Yeah, Nesha, I didn't hear anything like that. Uh, you know, I was just on the website doing articles and stuff, but I Dom, did is, not. Is, does Nesha have insider information? I got I got to know Nesha. You got to let me in on this. You know, help me out here. <laughs> um, but Mark, yeah, I mean, that's what makes wrestling so entertaining. Is like, yeah, it's like the blurring of the lines. And I mean, this is this is the new kayfabe. Is this sort of thing the work shoots? I really think it is. Where, I'm with like, Steven here, though, too. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm with Steven mm-hmm. here. Like, I'll believe it when Cody's in WWE. I'll believe it. You know, that, you know, I just, there's so, you look at this thing. There was talks about Kenny being in the Royal Rumble. Remember that? Do you remember hearing any, like, I, scuttlebutt I about that? Like, I don't. it was just, so, and then obviously with this Stone Cold talk coming back at WrestleMania, I honestly do not. Do not think Austin is coming back for WrestleMania. I do just I cannot fathom it in this short amount of time with a short amount of story to be built, uh, a worthy enough opponent to be facing Austin in his return. It's not there. It's not in the cards, and I don't think Austin's doing it. I just it don't. would have to be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns or nothing. And he, and that right now they have it title versus title at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. So right, it's just like that's not it's not it's not happening. And so like. I'm with that kind of in this camp of like, okay, there's all this talk. There's always every talk when like stuff goes around, WrestleMania season stuff goes around, stuff changes and, you know, uh, buzz is going to be created. So I do not believe, I've not, I just will not see Cody in WWE unless it really happens. And, you Here's, know, here are the two most likely scenarios in my mind. And that's that I, I think that A, it's a work on the part of AEW. There's no, Cody's not leaving or B, um, it's it's still a work, but they have decided to open the forbidden door with WWE a little bit. Yeah, you know, like how WWE how dipped the toe with, a lot of with pe- impact. A lot of people though are saying, "Hey, is he doing going the loose cannon route?" Brian Pillman, you know. Honestly, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing for Cody. And like, it, so WWE has proven with uh, with Mickey James that they're willing to uh, let the forbidden door open a, a crack. Uh, why not do it with AEW? I, I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be a working relationship with AEW and WWE. I just don't. I, just like... I remember hearing back in the day that, like, uh, people, somebody had said, gosh, I can't remember. I feel like I heard this in a shoot interview or something, but um, that somebody was saying that Eric Bischoff probably would have been way more successful if he had had a working relationship with, with Vince McMahon as opposed to trying to put him out of business. Sure, and let me go this route, too. I don't think Tony Khan's against working with WWE. I, he's I made it clear in the past. Yeah. I don't want to. I think it's just more on WWE's end where they won't want to work with anybody. You know. I don't know. I don't know. It, like, here's the thing: is it would be good for both brands, um, because all of a sudden you are gaining more interest in WWE. Like, oh my God, Cody Rhodes came over from AEW to WWE, and then it's like we got to see what w, what AEW is going to do to respond to this. You know, mm-hmm. imagine like, hey, they aren't using Ricochet over there uh, at WWE. Let AEW have him for a couple weeks. They were doing it with ECW back in the day. True. Um, something Kenny brought up too in uh, his interview with Meltzer was he does not think it's a financial situation or a thing with between Tony Khan and Cody. You know, he thinks uh, that's not an issue. It's more like if, you know, it's creative or like 
how his vision was. And let, let me say this too, Marcus, I think we're more, I mean, if we had a preference of how wrestling, the wrestling story should be told, like we're more on the vision of Cody than we probably are with, uh, we love Kenny and like, we'll love what he's doing and stuff like that, but we're probably more on his, Cody's vision of track of things. And you know what, you know, maybe the young bucks see or, or even Kenny to that extent, you know? Yes. I see more at, I with Cody um, and his philosophies when it comes to pro wrestling, certainly his pro wrestling style. And look, I'm not saying that what the bucks do is bad. Uh, it's no, I don't, it's just, it's actually subjective it's, it's art it's form. Incredible what they do. It's yeah. incredible what, what Kenny Omega does. I think that, that Kenny Omega kind of walks the line between what the bucks do and what Cody does. Um, so it's, no, I don't have anything against how any of them work, but as I've made clear in the past, Cody is like, I would say top three favorite wrestlers of, of today. And, uh, it's because of his style. I love, I like the way he works. I like how, I like his mic skills. I like how he sells. I think he's just a really good wrestler. I also like the competitiveness that he has, the competitive drive. Cause I mean, you know, what's fun like cody kind of made yeah and kenny said this in the interview is like the bucks and him weren't about uh going to war with WWE, you know um but cody's philosophy was kind of like more on the lines of that and you know what um what that's what kind of makes you know us i mean we were monday night war kids so growing up at that time it's kind of that's an itch we like scratching you know what i mean and i think it's a and if you're coming from a sports like field of things you know competition's big so it's just like that's what you want to see kind of with pro wrestling, a simulated sport being more like an authentic sport. And there's no uh, there's no better heart to sports than competition. So uh, and look, it, you know, like let's let's all face it. The wrestling industry, while while I think there's still a lot of interest, um, it's not what it was back in the day. You know, like uh, one million people was a shitty, horrible night on on Nitro back in the day. It was kind of a shitty night on Nitro before the NWO came along. Yeah. Uh, so, so like the fact that they, uh, that the, the wrestling industry is kind of suffering right now and they're routinely getting what, like 900,000, 800,000 people. I, I don't know what the latest numbers were, but it's like, you Eight, know, not, 839 K around that or something like that. that's, I mean, that like, could you imagine if that happened back in like 1996 nitro, everybody had been like, okay, what the fuck is happening? What, what did we do wrong? Whereas they're, they're borderline celebrated nowadays. So I think that the, the nature of the wrestling industry now necessitates something that's going to turn the dials. And honestly, a forbidden door between WWE and AEW would 100% do that. I would wager on the side of that's not happening, though, that part. I don't know. I, that, I, I will uh, I'll close think- it out. Vince's, huh? uh, for lack of a better word, competent and uh, open enough, open let that's better, open minded enough to to be willing to like form that relationship at this point in time. He did. He did it once. Egos, man. Ego. We've seen Vince have an ego. We've seen Vince utilize that ego. This over the course of this past year, even you know, from who he cuts, who he utilizes, everything like that. It's that you know, uh, a tiger or whatever doesn't a zebra doesn't change its stripes. Is that right? Um, I mean, here's here's the deal. You're talking about two billionaires, uh, in Tony Khan and uh, Vince McMahon. I could see them finding a way to work together. I really I could. I disagree. Um, uh, let's take Dom, some comments here. Yeah, what yeah. does Jason have to say about AWA? There, I'm interested. Okay, let's see here. I'm on Peacock. Was just watching the spectacular AWA footage with their downfall. 
on Peacock. Okay. Uh, well, everybody was leaving AWA. That's why they couldn't keep up, and they just folded. But they started to break off from NWA even before WWE did. So, yeah, I mean, like, there's litmus litmus tests or like examples, precedent set set for how like wrestling promotions have fallen, and you know, have their rise and then have their fall. Like, you could make a lot of comparisons to how Vince McMahon and Vern Gagne are in a lot of ways at this point. Like, you know, Vern Gagne dug his heels into what he viewed to be uh, a top baby face or his promotion and would not budge and like would not go with ride the the wave that was Hulkamania, which AWA started was Hulkamania. It was like Vince McMahon globalized, capitalized on it, capitalized on it. But Hulkamania all started in AWA. Um, Now you look at the building of new stars it's not happening in WWE. I mean, look, we're getting Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the, the upteenth time uh, as your main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> so it's a lot of stuff is not like Big E jobs out, like for no reason. You know, uh, Drew McIntyre's fighting Mad Cat Moss. It's just like, come on. If you want to build you know, stars, you're not the, doing it there. The more I hear about, like, you know, I, I saw a report not that long ago that uh, morale is at an all-time low in WWE, you know, and, and you're right, Big E was their champion not too long ago. Now he's just routinely jobbing. Where the fuck is Ricochet? What's, like, what what are they doing over there? And I honestly, man, I I think that the Forbidden Door is opening. The more I, I think about it, Marcus the more I think about it, I really think it is. Unless there's, like, a super desperation move, I don't. I don't see it happening, Marcus. I would, whatsoever. I would, I would call these desperate times. You know, if if but if, dude, is, is WWE aware of that being desperate times? Like, is Vince McMahon? If their own talent, like, look, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure that there's plenty of stooges uh, that that read the the wrestling news and report back to Vince on it. Um, if if I'm seeing that it's out there that uh, WWE talent is displeased, 100% Vince McMahon knows about it. Yeah, but is he gonna do anything about it? I don't know, Marcus. I just don't know. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting. Something I, I like thinking about it. I think it could be fun. Yeah. And here's the deal is and we can stop belaboring this point and move on. But like 1997 ECW, their guys started appearing on WWE TV and vice versa. Different um, circumstances. Is it? Yes. So, so uh, Bruce Pritchard, hold on. Bruce Pritchard has said that they were using ECW as basically a feeder system where like, okay, we've got a guy that has been injured or that we haven't been using. Uh, let's get the ring rust off him. Let's put him on their TV. We give them exposure. He gets a little more, he gets the ring rust off, actually goes out and learns a new hold, as they say. Then we bring him back to our TV. I, I could see them helping each other like that. AEW is not a feeder system, Marcus. AEW is its own promotion that uh, protects its stars and what they want to present as a product. Same with WWE, good or bad. They I'm use, just, I, mean, I, I I'm not, not saying, that, I'm not saying that they're going to use them as a feeder system, but I, but I am saying that's that the difference. I could see the them, difference. I could see them trying to get their underutilized talent over on AEW programming so that they could then bring them back. To no way. AEW once they're over. No way, Marcus. And if AEW did that, they would look lesser than. And you don't want to do that either. Here's the, here's the thing, though, is you are attracting more audience by allowing those people to come over. It doesn't matter, Mark. It okay. do, like there's a certain mat. Like, I, hey, I'm just I'm just spitballing. I get now. it, I get it, and I get the working relationship stuff. But it's a matter of like, which hand is washing that hand, and which who's benefiting from it. 
And, you know, here's the other thing is like, why would it have to be like, you know, Tony Khan's a smart guy. You could say, hey, yeah, let it. We'll take Ricochet and polish him up on our TV for a while. But uh, we need Roman Reigns for this pay-per-view. Might not going to happen. Not going to happen. I don't know. Um, anything else you want to uh, present about Cody and Kevin just Davis? Just love this guy. Yes. Love this guy. He does the pop in. You yes. know, this is he visits the way that that we all wish like relatives would visit, right? Yeah. He comes in, uh, quick hello, and he's out the damn door. Yeah. Kevin, you're the man. Love Kevin. Yes. Well, welcome back, Kevin. We are safe. Hope you're safe as well, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Hope you're doing great. Hey, thanks there, Kevin. Appreciate it. Um, but market, yeah. Anything you want to uh, present more about Cody? No, we we can hammer on. Okay. It's just yeah. I'm just. I think you got halfway hot there. You got a little hot. You got to get a little hot, Marcus. I just, uh, you know, this is my this is my line of work. Let's talk about this shit, okay? So you got to get a little passionate about this stuff. You, I, you got to stick up your ass or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Honestly, most of the time when we record, I'm just trying to keep my voice down. <laughs> I don't want to wake my child. <laughs> I'm trying to not wake my daughter. Uh, Snort a lot of cocaine or something. Was I a little bit louder uh, the other day when you did your emergency thing? Feel like I was a little bit, yeah. You were, you had a little bit more, uh, see, do a little more radio radio presence. I wasn't yeah. down here huddled in my office, huddled like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're some sort of uh, what's the dude from Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, not a Hobbit. What's the guy, Gollum? Gollum? Yeah, there you go. All right, all right, move the fuck on. All right, Gollum. yeah, this was an emergency. The Cody was an emergency, actually. It still is an emergency, I feel. Still, yeah, I think the alarms are still going off. Sirens I, are blaring. I feel panicked, I feel alerted. Um, Mark, so let's talk about something that is going on on AEW television and what a way to kick off dynamite last, uh, I liked, I really enjoyed pretty much the first hour. I've enjoyed the show overall, but like, you know, they changed the pace up a little bit. Did they not with what they were presented? Usually you have a match that's pretty extensive and going on and everything like that. Here we get CM Punk sitting mid ring and, Doing what he does best, I mean, which is arguable too, because he's a very good wrestler, but cutting promo. And, um, like, dude, old school, Piper in Portland, like, all those references and stuff like that. They've been dropping Piper a lot, too. I know. Is it? I love it, man. I love it. Because you know what? Uh, just like I have a cat named Dusty, MJF has a cat named Piper. So, uh, and that's not... I would say he's a fan. He's a fan. So, uh... And Punk knows that too. And so him doing the dog collar match, something Piper and Greg Valentine are infamously known for. And the callback too, you know, with having Greg Valentine uh, during the call- dog collar match, you know, between Brody and Cody, you know, it's, uh, I'm ready for it, man. I think this is, I, uh, we, I have a friend, Marcus, uh, both and I have a mutual friend uh, named Jim, who uh, thinks that the feud has been going on too long. I, this, I could disagree. disagree. Yeah, I could. Four months. It seems like it. Uh, it just seems there's a lot to still enjoy from this. No, and know? that's that's what's great about pro wrestling. It, it was back in the day these these long feuds that keep building and building, and then you get a rubber match and blow it off with a with a gimmick. MJF plays chicken shit, avoids CM Punk for weeks on end. He he puts obstacles in Punk's way. Punk fights through it. Kind of gets his hands on. Literally does get his hands on him. Has a match. And still get screwed out of it. So um, any chance that we get MJF uh, spending a week, the week leading up to the pay-per-view in Alcatraz, like Piper did before Super Bowl seven. <laughs> <laughs> what a hat tip that would be. <laughs> that would be 
<laughs> that would be quite something. Uh, Dominic, Stephen Steven Chambers making a, a pretty good point there, bub. He's Let's saying, uh, will the dog collar match live up to the hype comparing uh, to Piper versus Valentine and Cody versus Brody Lee? Well, look, uh, Cody versus Brody Lee set a new standard in my mind, especially because that was Brody Lee's last match. Um, it wasn't. It was. No, right? no, it wasn't. Was Are it you still? sure? I think it was. I'm not sure. I think it was Brody Lee's last match was the dog dog collar match. So uh, honestly, did I he think fight, from... did he fight Mox before or after that? I don't remember. Drop, uh, drop, drop it in the in the comments if anybody yeah, remembers. Somebody knows. Let, I'm let I'm pretty sure the dog collar match was the last match. Um, but in any case, uh, the, no, that one stands alone, and I think always will stand alone just because of kind of what it represents uh, for Brody Lee. Uh, that being said, you know I th- I think that these two can make their own mark by putting on what I'm sure is going to be a well thought out kind of technical masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, it's going to be its own animal, I think, you know, uh, one, a separate one in the same. Like, I don't think they're going to you know, maybe they'll pay some sort of homage to that, you know, the previous match. But I think, um, you know, it's going to be its own identity, have its own identity as a as a match. That's you know? a, that's the only thing that they can do is just make it as different as they possibly can. It's like the Joker, Marcus. It's like, OK, Jack Nicholson has his spin on the Joker. Heath Ledger has his spin on the Joker and both are different. Both are really good, but they're different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, John, we uh, we just discussed this, so but if you do think Cody Rhodes is going to WWE, he's just taking a break. I think he's taking a break. I don't think he's going to WWE. I think it's a work. Marcus thinks it's a work. So um, there we are. Um, Don, we're really running over into Nesh's impact time. I know. Hey, no surrender. It should be a pretty decent show. They got some interesting stuff set up there. Uh, Impact's been fun to cover. Just a different show. I really wish they would uh, promote different talent at the top of the card. Joe Doring. There is your world champion right there. W. Morrissey, he's challenging for the world title. He better beat Moose because I think he's another guy you can put your chips behind. But Joe Doring, 100%, make him your champion and run with him because he's unique. He's old school. It makes your promotion stand out. Joe Doring, Impact World Champion, should be. Or him or Jake something, too, you can build behind as well. All right. So, Marcus. But, yeah, I'm excited for this, match. I love this feud, and I could, I would be totally fine if they even – Play this out till what? What month is it? It's uh, February. They can play this out. I think even till May. I think I'd be and, all right with May. And be all right with May. Maybe at that point too, MJF has the title. Maybe has beat Hangman, and you have Punk versus MJF for the title. I don't know, but you want to have MJF out on a long run. So maybe I'm, as, I'm spitballing here. So as much as I would like it, if they continue the feud, I think that this is going to be the blow off. You think, think Revolution here? I think MJF. Yeah, got his, I, MJF got yes. his win. MJF got his win, and uh, Punk is going to get the win back in a in a gimmick match, Dog which is yeah. which is the standard blow off, and then they're going to move on. Hundred percent, yeah, I'm I'm very much with you. Um, yeah, but, should, oh, then, but then I think MJF is on a he's going to start coming after Page. Yeah. So okay, let's go. That's a good segue. So we got Adam Cole and Hangman Page. You know, uh, that's looking like it's going to be set up for Revolution. Um, Cole, they're really starting to heat up now. He's kind of he's uh, is he with the Bucks, Dom, or is he with, with oh, Undisputed Era, or whatever they're calling themselves? I don't know what they're calling themselves. It's something they're like the Dragons. Is it something, or something? era or the New Era? No, I don't they're know. Like, they're... they're like the Dragons. Something well, Marcus, Dragons. Uh, O'Reilly and Fish were always called Red Dragon. So, oh, is that what you're well, yeah, yeah, probably. Okay, so yeah, they're Red Dragon. Uh, but yeah, Mark, I think that kind of plays into what we're. I think that's going to be the out for Cole. 
in some sort of way is tension with him and the Bucks and that stuff going on. Um, I think that'll transition him out of maybe, you know, having that title, but still being in a top program. Uh, I do like that they're really getting starting to get more serious with Cole and, uh, you know, putting him in the main event picture. You say that, but then he had a silly moment with the cameraman. That's fine. It's Brandon Cutler. You can do that with Cutler. And like Marcus, didn't you see him be like a total dick to Tony Schiavone again? Oh, no, I missed that. No, you missed that. So he was a dick to Schiavone. He told Tony to get out of the ring. Well, that's good, good stuff. Shit. Yeah, it's good stuff, Marcus. And that, that's playing to what you were saying. Like, he's like, as long as he's a dick to Tony, he's doing his job. He just, yeah, that's how you get over as a heel nowadays is is fuck with beloved baby faces. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm trying to look at some comments here. If uh, Let's see. Uh, Whenever Josh Alex, uh, Steven, I don't think Josh Alexander is coming back to, to Impact. Uh, well, like I ever. Think he's, well, I mean, his contract expired. I don't think they're re-signing him. I don't know. I think he's moving on. Where will Josh Alexander go, Dom? I mean, geez, it's tough. Ooh, you and I need to talk about uh, that that segment with uh, with old what's his fuck there with all the tattoos, House of Black, Malachi yes. Black. Yes, I do have that on the list. So yeah, there was that segment. Marcus, uh, want to kick it off? Give me your thoughts. Uh, well, yeah, it's there was another person in the room, Dominic. And there's there's one person out there that's free agent that everybody wants to see that makes a lot of sense. There's two people. Uh, what what you know which one I'm thinking of? I assume Wyndham yes. Rotunda. Which one are you thinking of? Uh, Buddy Matthews, aka Buddy Murphy, who was involved in a storyline with then known as Alistair Black in WWE, where like they tried taking out Alistair's eye. Him and Seth Rollins tried taking out Alistair Black's eye, and you know he was one not. of Seth Rollins' disciples. Well. We're already copying WWE's Undisputed Era. It's like they're not copying though. I, th- Marcus, that's what I kind of like about this. Honestly, is they're continuing a story, and you're talking about that Forbidden Door. This is kind of like, you know, a roundabout way peeking through the keyhole and saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're continuing this story. This makes sense. You guys are familiar with this. Well, here it is coming into AEW, but still, Marcus, this plays into I, the, the whole fucking NWO thing in a lot in certain ways." Of what you liked about the NWO is not well. No, there's a difference. So Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were on-screen enemies in uh, in WWE by and large. They had moments together, especially at house shows where they where they were tag team when they were both baby faces. But that's not because they were the click. It was because okay, well we got the two top baby faces in the company, so let's have them tag team together. Uh, whereas then all of a sudden they come on the other program and they're like, nope, we're actually buddies um, and have been you know, for a long time. And now we're taking over this company. Um, so it's, it's different. You know, this, the, the undisputed era, that would be more like when uh, Ted DiBiase comes to WCW, if he just immediately aligns himself with VK wall street, AKA IRS, you know? So I, I think that that, I think that there's a big difference. Uh, so, well, Marcus, the, I think the fact that you're playing into WE guys coming over and trying to take over uh, a different promotion, I mean, that's kind of playing into a story of its own, but still, it's still that connection. I I do think it's interesting that AEW seems to have more respect for WWE's canon than WWE does. Hmm. So, uh, Jason, I don't, I just, I don't agree with this. I mean, I like both of them. I think um, Zelina Vega is a very good talent. And, um, you know, when utilized as a manager and what she can present, I think she's great. I think she's awesome. She's on the level like of Selena De La Renta, who I, I love a lot, too. But, uh, you know, I love Aleister Black. Alec Marcus knows I was 
big into Aleister Black and NXT, everything like that. So, um, and I love what he's presenting here in AEW. I want them to cultivate, uh, to perpetuate more of that with him and everything. So, yeah, I think he was a big miss by WWE. 100%. You know, um, Mark, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's going to be Buddy Matthews. And, you know, he's been talked about as an excellent athlete. He is an excellent athlete. Um, it's, yeah, again, a matter of presenting him in the right way and um, seeing what you can do. I mean, okay, I cover this. This is kind of, well, this is still in the lines of thing. Uh, Marcus, we're both familiar with uh, the Ric Flair podcast, uh, Woo Nation, uh, part of Podcast Heat. Who I good podcast. Very good yes. podcast. Very fun podcast and uh, get a lot of cool insight from a legend talking about the current day product. Well, he was asked by Mark Madden about um, Keith Lee's presence in AEW and him being the debut that day they went. Now, um, to your point, to in a roundabout way to your point, Flair was like, well, I think, you know, uh, a bigger surprise would have been Bray Wyatt, but he does like Keith Lee. And he said, um, as far as, you know, what it goes to Keith Lee showing up and then um, kind of getting that, uh, he's got to, he's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to make your way no matter what to get yourself over. Sometimes it takes years to get over. And he says, it's going to take years for Keith Lee to get over. But um, Matt made the point too, that Keith Lee's 37, you know, wrestling primes roundabout 36, 37, uh, where you're making money and all that stuff. Flair wasn't aware of that when that was brought up and he was, I like, didn't well, know he was that old. You didn't know he was 37. No. How old did you think he was? Just out of, if you I was going to get, I would have guessed 32 maybe. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, he's older than me, Mark. And uh, he, uh, so Flair said though, that's just even going to make it tougher because of how people perceive age, everything like that. Uh, you know, it's all changed, those kind though. of factors. Yeah. I kind of agree with that too. It has changed. Cause you look at like when Batista really hit his stride, he was like almost 40. You know, like uh, look at look at Ric Flair. Right, I, he was in his. But 40s. I mean, Flair's established. Flair was very much established, so way before that. So I mean, he was. Yeah. Um, but you know, how about another great example uh, that Conrad uses a lot? AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. He's That's he's true. he's getting up there. Yeah. Um. Oh man, people are talking about theater a lot in here. Um. So yeah, uh, Marcus. But I think. Um, yeah, it's uh, and we talked about on the hot tag too. Is a, a big issue is you know trying to figure out the roster and how how to lay that all out, and um, you know, uh, Zach Cador made an excellent point of the PW torture. He said, you know, you want to focus on, you want to have these guys that are at your tippy top, like level of the card. You need to define that more. And he said, most importantly, you have to make the main the world title the biggest aspect of your whole show like and he was saying too to that aspect of like sometimes it seems like with hangman like how they're positioning hangman that's like the fourth or arguably something around that area of the show where it's like the fourth biggest thing and not the first biggest thing um a very interesting discussion i thought uh he put it in a pretty good perspective of how maybe AEW should lay out a game plan um Overall, I guess, Marcus, this is a broad question, but AEW, do you think, does it look like they're getting on the right track with things um, from an assessment standpoint of how, how they're presenting everything? Or, or do you think there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be tightened up, so to say? 
Well, I think I think it's a little column A, a little column B. Uh, you know, it's I, I think they've certainly leveled up from where they where they were in you know let's say fall twenty nineteen, where like you know there was like some really cool exciting stuff happening, and then there was some stuff happening that you're just like, what the what the fuck are they doing? You know, it felt it felt very wrestle crap at times um, where now it's like, OK, there's there's a lot less wrestle crap. However, now they've got a roster just jam packed with people. Um, we saw a uh, run in from the Dark Order. I can't remember if that that was this week or if that was this week. week. That was this week. We saw a run in from but the I Dark forgot Order. about that. I, when I saw them and 10 came out and he started like dominating, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that those guys exist. I haven't seen them in forever. Um, so now all of a sudden, you know, we're including, I, I think 10's got a match against two. Is it, it's, uh, oh shit. Was it Adam Cole? Maybe. I think, I think 10 is, yeah. Yes. I think, I think 10's right. got Adam, Adam Cole. And it's like, are, are we suspending our disbelief in the least to think that he's going to win that match when we haven't seen him on TV? He just appears all of a sudden. And now he's, he's taking on Adam Cole on, on Cole's during Cole's feud with, uh, with uh, Hangman, Hangman Page. Page, right? So it's, I, I think that that kind of thing is problematic. You know, obviously we need we need people to to be enhancement talents, um, and and that's great. But like you know, it's there's he was involved in a in a relatively high profile storyline not that long ago, and now he's just coming in and he's you know he's gonna get blown out by Cole on on Cole's road to to page so yeah i i just in a nutshell i took a long way around of saying i think that there's still some issues um it's certainly issues as far as people movement because there's so damn many of them now i mentioned our friend jim here earlier before and i will say he made a very excellent point via text message and i'm gonna read it without his permission let's see if i can find it first um here we go I think it's down here. Okay. Not every match needs to run through commercials. I agree with that. Save the good matches for main events and pay-per-views. They all are good workers. We know that already. So, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll detail that here after I finish reading. Interviews, character vignettes, video packages are the way to go. Get me excited for these storylines. I think that's all salient points that AEW should, should be taking more of a focus on like i loved i love brian danielson versus lee Moriarty, and i thought it was a like such a unique standout kind of match how they had one another and i would love to see that but you have to for me and i think for a lot of people and for lee Moriarty's sake you have to establish who lee Moriarty is through promos through uh vignettes through anything to that effect where it's like we we can relate and we can identify with this person besides just being a rookie and starting off. So I think it's a good idea in theory, but if you think about it, that's TV time, Dom, and that's TV that's, time. that's TV time that you're taking away from somebody like Hangman Page, right? So there's certain. So you have to be to Zach Hayden's point. You have to make you have to be selective of who you're positioning and what you're presenting. So if you have a match where Brian Danielson is fighting Lee Moriarty. Make that make Danielson the big focus, and if you want to present Lee Moriarty later on, then do so. But like, make that match a little bit quicker or something like that. Um, you know, to and I'm speaking. Ardent fans are going to tune into this stuff. I'm going to watch it. A uh, lot of the wrestling Twitter is going to watch it and either like it or complain about it because Twitter's awful. So, um, but 
you want to get more people into watching your product and that's how you do it. So, um, I actually, and Stephen Chambers just said, said, screw the commercials, get more picture in picture. I know you said they shouldn't always run through a commercial, but I disagree. Um, I think that running picture in picture through a commercial is a good thing. Uh, in that, uh, when people would say, oh, well, it's just commercial, I'll change the channel. If you're, if you're doing interesting things in that little, in that little box. And like, if every once in a while you have somebody go over, uh, in the middle so, of picture in picture, uh, you then make it, okay, I can't change the channel just cause it's a commercial. I need to keep watching this. Well, I agree to a, a point of that, but I also think when you put it in picture in picture, it makes me feel it's not important. Like, you know they what need I mean? To, uh, well, I agree. And they need to build its importance have and matches during picture in picture. Sure. Then make it, that'll be important. And I'll keep yeah. my eyes a little bit more on it. But like, um, not. He, I think Jim's right though, in regards that you cannot, it doesn't, ha you don't have to have every match run through a commercial break. You know, you can have something like, I think, you know, what, can, what it has been always. And like, I, I respect in a way where you stay adamant about like, okay, we're not changing certain things like, or you, you have a certain way you want to get stars over, but it's, I mean, again, to your point, Marcus, you only have so much time to, to present what you want as your wrestling product and how it goes. So if you're having matches that run an extended amount of time, you know, it just, it doesn't provide uh, the fans of being, being able to uh, uh, be attracted to a certain wrestler or like get a connection with a wrestler where you're just not giving enough time for that to cultivate. And like, if you want to do that for Lee Moriarty, do it, but you have to make him a focus and, you know, uh, more of a focus. You can't just have him like have this little scene where he's the, barely talking and then he has a match because he's a great wrestler. And like, we want to see him and Brian Danielson tie it up because I love the match, but it's just like, give me, give those fans more of a reason to be connected to Lee Moriarty. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I understand, but Lee Moriarty, in my mind, he's Barry Darso. He's in that role right now where it's, you know, he's just he's just getting over talent on their way to what what they're supposed to be doing. And if you're going to do it that way, if you, if like you want to not have the focus, just make those matches shorter then. But if you want to make him a focus, then give us reason that that match is a certain amount of length. You know, so I meant to not Barry Darso. Who's the guy who used to pat himself on the back? Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz. There it is. Mm -hmm. uh, Marcus, a match that we were really happy with. <laughs> Thunder Rosa, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Thunder Rosa. Taking on um, Mercedes Martinez in a no DQ match. So I'll let you take it away first, and then I'll give my perspective. I thought it was great. Um, here's here's the the deal with Thunder Rosa is I, I know I put her over on basically every episode and I I stand by it. She's she's got probably the most marketability aside from maybe Jade Cargill out of anybody in the entire company. Um, marketable and she's a great worker and she's not just a great worker um, in in one way. Uh, she's a great worker. She can. She just. She had this hardcore ish match with uh, with Mercedes Martinez, and it was great. She has put on technical masterpieces with Serena Deeb and and others. Uh, super super blood and guts match with Britt Baker. Uh, she she can just do everything, and she's a good promo, and she's got a great look. She's a, a mega star. 100%. And the fact that she's starting to, again, kind of uh, brush up against uh, Britt Baker, it tells me that Tony Khan is starting to see it 
and he's like, okay, uh, it's time to, to get the title off Brit. At least I'm hoping if that's the case. Well, Marcus, that's happening at AEW Revolution. Got announced. What's up? Uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Gotta be. And and by the way, Thunder Rosa needs to win that match. I agree. I agree. I think it's time to, like, Britt's had an awesome run and, like, establish herself as, and like, a top Brits, star for AEW. Britt's yeah. like Jake the Snake. Doesn't need a title. She'll, she'll still be over. Oh, yeah. And neither does Thunder Rosa, but I think she does to start it off because I, she's I that think, top of a star. I think Thunder Rosa needs the title in the same way that Hulk Hogan need, yes. needed the title. In the in that uh, it's it's going to just establish her in people's minds as the best that there is. Agreed. Now, Marcus, what I really wanted to touch upon too was what you kind of uh, alluded to uh, was the look of Thunder Rosa and how she presents herself. It's top level stuff. How she walked out. Kill Bill style, like in that attire, and then just dragging the steel chair, like along with her. Fucking badass, man. Like ultimate badass stuff. She gets it. And she gets it. She, uh, dude, I'm telling you, t shirts, uh, movies. She could, she's one of those, those types, those, those rare talents that I, I see millions and millions of dollars out of if they use her correctly. Mark, it's like, and not only that. Like from a presentation standpoint to an in-ring standpoint to a promo standpoint, you look at what she is outside of the ring too, like how like you know, considerate she is of fans and everything like that. It's just like put your chips all behind Thunder Rosa. It's just she's she's a she's like Jade Cargill in that they're both just one one of one. Mm-hmm. I mean AEW hit home runs with both of them. How about that spot where she was outside? uh in the crowd and like she had a fan help her out yes you see that it was awesome yeah she then on twitter she was asking yeah and then she on twitter she was like hey anybody know who that fan was (laughs) so she wanted to like pay him back in a way yeah no that's that's what's so cool about her uh you and i have had the pleasure of having her on this very podcast also uh you and i have, have hung out with her in person just like a very sweet kind cool human being down to earth um, and just also happens to be, I'm, I'm going to say the most talented, uh, wrestler, uh, certainly the most talented, talented female wrestler. Um, and I would say top, top two most talented wrestlers in the world. Yeah, somebody that Sony Khan's got to put number one as a, a promotion, as an ambassador. You know I know I, mean? I know everybody puts over Charlotte Flair, but honestly, I've seen them both work and, and there's more to Thunder Rosa. Marcus, I mark out every time she does like that uh, shotgun drop kick. <laughs> yes, it's it's incredible, and uh, like it's uh, I and we actually talked to her about this when she was on the podcast with us. Like it's it's been a while since I have you know I I love wrestling, always gonna love wrestling, always gonna be a fan. But it's been a while since I had that fan feeling where I'm like, oh, I really want this person to win. Oh, I I really want this. Or like you know the music hits and I get I get excited when the person comes out. I it's been a long time since I felt that way. I get that way with Thunder Rosa. I really yeah. do. When her music hits, I'm like, yes, like I get I get I get pumped <laughs> up. That she's coming out. And then like you know as when they do a false finish and it looks like she's gonna get pinned, I'm like, oh no. You're invested. Yes, I'm invested. 100% invested in Thunder Rosa. She's she is my favorite wrestler in the world today. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Hey, what a great segue because we're talking about one friend of the show. Let's talk about the other one and Eddie Kingston. Oh, Eddie. Oh, Eddie. Eddie. He's back, man, and it looks like him and Jericho are going to be button heads. Uh, how do you feel about all this? And I'm very excited for this uh, feud. 
I'm I will excited. I will feel good about it if Eddie Kingston goes over and and uh, Jericho starts his Fozzie tour. Um, you I know, think that's what we're gonna get. Man. I think what needs to happen is that Eddie needs to beat him uh, bad. Like leave him laying, hurt him. He can cheat, but like leave him laying, have him completely fucked up, stretcher job, all of I it. I kind of disagree with that. Let me finish though. Okay, I think me, I, I think it's good because a Jericho's a legend. B uh, there's there's money in Eddie Kingston, and you can if if he leaves Jericho laying, does a stretcher job, gets him gets him away from wrestling, so he can go do his Fozzie tour. Um, all of a sudden, Eddie, you've made Eddie Kingston this very threatening person on a. WTV, a, a very threatening heel. A uh, heel that, in theory, could pose a big threat to somebody like CM Punk. All right. Well, we already had a great match between Eddie and CM Punk. And I think right let's, now... Let's revisit it with a different brand, a different flavor of Eddie Kingston. I just don't know. I don't think he's been a babyface long enough to like convert him over to being a heel. Like, Steven Chambers is ready to see Kingston or Jericho just out. Wow. Loser leaves AEW. Well, uh, let me – I'll go look ahead, at that go in ahead. a second. But my thought process was uh, pushing back at, like, Eddie not being a heel. Because if you have him just destroy Jericho, you're, you are cementing him more in a heel-like role. Like, I think, you know, there's cachet in, like, the babyface Jericho that's being presented right now. So if you have them have a big – battle duke out kind of match where maybe like this match somehow kind of forms a stronger bond between inner circle overall but like jericho goes away so inner circles like just kind of that maybe not totally disbanded but just on hold or tabled if you will and um you you ride the momentum of babyface eddie kingston and a babyface tag team of santana ortiz like working together uh i think that's the, that further perpetuates Eddie more so in a top, top level role like that he, he can be presented in as well. So um, that's kind of where I push back at that. And I think uh, the match itself should be competitive rather than like, a, you know, Eddie being dominant and establishing him as a heel. Um, well, I, I think we agree to disagree. I think okay. that Eddie, I think hey, Eddie's going to make, Hey, fuck <laughs> you, man. I think, I think that Eddie is, I think he would be much more at home as a heel. And I think he'd be a lot more believable as a heel. People like him though, Marcus, that reaction. He people, gets, people like, like him because he's a badass heel. <laughs> and he's, well, he's authentic. So, um, all right. Uh, Dominic, uh, this is unrelated. And I'm, I would be willing to bet that you don't have this on your little docket there. But yeah. uh, do you think that Jim Ross is going to uh, renew his contract with AEW? I know he's his contract. When is it up? Did, is there a time where it's up? I, I just saw today that it's coming up soon. I don't know when specifically. You know, I I mean, you hear certain things. I Yeah, let me start by saying I hope so. Uh, Jim Ross. Jim I Ross so is. I, I, think, I think he he has a lot of value. I think he does, and I think he's um, he really establishes your wrestling identity. You know, I mean, like he's the best to ever do it. And so, if you have him on your program presenting a wrestling product, I mean, you can't get it. Like you know, he's John Madden basically. So it's just when like, you open your program and it's Jim Ross's voice welcoming people that that means something. That means something. So yes. Uh, I, if you're moving, there's very, there's nobody you could replace with JR. There just isn't like, 
Yeah, I you could get your top star like Jericho. I think does a wonderful job at commentary. I think he's great at it, and I've spoken that many times. But it's just like he's he's a color commentator. Jr. Jr. is your your lead analyst, like your lead talker. You know, um, what if they got Michael Cole dumb? No, <laughs> I mean uh, Michael Cole's good. Let's. Uh, le- I I do not think Michael Cole is a bad commentator. He's doing his job. He's doing what's told him. So like. You know, if you gave Michael Cole the ability to just do him, like, I'm sure he'd be great. Like, he was great back in the Attitude Era, you know? But it's a, JR is JR. So you have JR there. Yes, I think it really behooves AEW to uh, keep JR around. And he's, again, like we talked about, too, he's the check to the balances. I like how how he can get critical sometimes. I like he gives that, like, you know, uh, certain things about talking about referees or certain things like that. Or uh, like, the invisible wall that comes up when uh, one talent's chasing another and they do the standoff from a distance. Like, they just stop chasing. Did, did you see that? No, no. Explain this to So me. here's here's the thing, is I can see talent backstage nowadays complaining about JR doing something like this because um, it kind of makes them look like idiots. But they do they look like any idiots regardless. Where um, And I, I, you know how I feel about Chris Statlander. She's awesome. But at one point, she was chasing uh, another girl, and I can't remember who it is. Not Layla? Was it Layla? Maybe. But she was chasing somebody up the ramp, um, and then she just stopped. And then uh, the person she was chasing turned around, and they did like a stare down. And JR said on live TV, uh, what did an invisible wall come up? Why did she stop going after her? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, JR knows what he's talking about. Yep. He knows well, what he's talking about. Look, he's from the era of kayfabe. And kayfabe, if you were angry enough at somebody that you, want, you wanted stopping. to chase them, chase them to fight them, uh, it's not like all of a sudden you'd be like, well, they're 20 feet away now, so I'm done. How have I not picked up on that? I haven't even noticed that. What's, uh, what's that say about me? <laughs> so you're not paying enough attention, it's though. starting to look a little inward now. <laughs> Do I belong here? <laughs> this is becoming a very philosophical podcast. I gotta look uh, out the window and stare for a while. Wayne in the comments, if you think Dominic belongs here, uh, <laughs> please help me, folks. Am I deserving? Uh, yeah. Do you have a good therapist you can recommend for Dominic? I need one, a, a wrestling therapist. All right, um, uh, hammer on though. But no, yes, they should extend Jr. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Friendly yeah. show, a roundabout way. Yes. <laughs> Indirectly. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, there's a off the air segment that happened between Marcus and Jared. That's fucking hilarious. So we had a moment. It was a great moment. Awesome <laughs> moment. Um, let's see here. Uh, shit. I know there's something else. Okay, we didn't see this. I Admittedly, Marcus and I did not get to watch Rampage this week. Uh, Jay White, though, had his in-ring debut. Um uh, listeners, viewers, if you're here, feel free to interject and say some stuff about Jay White. But, you know, he's great. And I think um, having him kind of like, he's like, he's a big uh, fulcrum, I would say, to that forbidden door in a lot of ways because Is, he's the leader of the bull club. See, in my mind, he's doing a little bit more of the uh, of the Brian Pillman thing right now. That's a good point. You More from a kayfabe standpoint, right? So... I mean, is he is he all elite? Is he New Japan? Is he Impact Wrestling? Is he going to go to WWE? So that's why, as a shoot, he's more like in the Brian Pillman position now. At one point, Brian Pillman got a check from ECW, WCW, and WWE in the same week. Well, he's not WWE, that's for sure. Do you like? Well, not yet. 
I don't think he's going there. You never know. Um, geez, Dominic Marcus, Sammy, Sammy fucked up his cornea there, pal. Where? Yeah, we missed the fucking elephant in the room here. That match, main event was something, dude. Like that reaction between those, like that was CM Punk level reaction for both those guys. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're over. And here's the thing is like, you know, guys like guys like Mark Madden um, and, and many others uh, are, are consistently putting over talent like Sammy Guevara on their programs. Uh, I know that Mark Madden puts them over a lot on, on Flair Uncensored and, and like you do that enough with any talent and it's, it's just like in, in football, right? Uh, like Cooper Cup. Uh, none of us were paying any attention to Cooper Cup and what he was doing all season. Uh, none of us knew. And then all of a sudden, the announcers started mentioning it. And they're like, hey, this guy has like broken records this year. Hey, this guy's this. Hey, he started doing that. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, man, Cooper Cup is something else. Like, I, I didn't care about Cooper Cup until probably week 15 of the NFL season. And then all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, the, the announcers are right. Look at this guy's stats. And I'm like, Cooper Cups, uh, he's a monster. He's awesome. And I think a similar thing is kind of starting to happen with Sammy Guevara, where enough people, there's enough chatter about him from people who have some influential voices in wrestling that all of a sudden they're like, uh, these these outsiders are starting, like not outsiders, but but fans who who don't analyze pro wrestling for a living, they're starting to see like, hey, this guy's this guy's awesome. Yeah, I think um, you know, I think AEW's been a, a, like done a great job at uh, promoting Sammy, you know, uh, as like a baby face that um, is athletic and that can really get the job done against anybody in the ring. Like, you know, a viable competitor, one of your pillars. I mean, he is a, he's no doubt a pillar of AEW. Like, and you know, same with Darby. So those two combating one another was neat to see. Um, what'd you think about uh, Andrade meddling in the business and all that stuff? and uh mixing it up do you think that's a that's a good thing to do and uh yep i almost feel you could have sammy drop the title to andrade and uh, who they're facing at rampage next week what do you I think don't, i don't i don't think they will but i would like it because i think that andrade I, again is one of those talents now at, at this point that would really strongly benefit from holding a title not everybody does not everybody needs it i don't think sammy needs it anymore but that i don't being, think he does that being said he just got this title and i think he's probably going to hang on to it for a while so that so that the title itself means something it isn't constantly swapped around oh look at steven dropping some good fucking ideas here Ooh, see and that's that's again that's another way to feature three talent. Uh, I, w- I would say, you know, mid upper talent at the very least, Maybe. all in one segment. Yeah. Um, Marcus. Dom. You know, let's tie this all together here, man. Tie it, Dom. I think. Put a bow on it. Uh, let me let me put a bow on it, and let me put some sequins on it, because I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. Why don't we? Why don't AW? Not we. <laughs> I don't. I was remember. like, what are we gonna do? Why don't why doesn't AEW bring in Nate to manage Andrade? The Does nature boy. Sense? He went at, for Triple A, uh, whatever that was called there. That you know, uh, pay per view they had. He came out with him well, against Kenny. I mean, get it in AEW. Get it in AEW. Here's the other thing, and uh, you know, I know that probably not everybody is on board with with bringing Nate in. Um, but here's here's the thing: is Ric Flair equals ratings no matter how you slice it if if you get rick flair on your program more people are going to tune to your program and in theory the more people that tune in the more people are sampling now AEW that maybe never sampled it before and and those people are then saying uh hey uh that was a really good show uh maybe i'll tune in next week 
And I think a, a uh, Andrade will benefit greatly from having like Flair be his mouthpiece. Like he needs a mouthpiece, and who's know? better? And it's not gonna. I don't think it's a, a a thing where it's like okay, Flair is managing AJ Styles back at DNA. I think this is more of like Flair will compliment Andrade, you know, in so many ways because they not only have the outside of the ring ties because Charlotte is engaged to Andrade, but you have like a precedent set where they were, he managed them before, like for that one show, a triple A show. Not to mention when, when Charlotte's contract comes up, is she going to say, yeah, I'll stick with WWE and their incredibly difficult road schedule. Or is she going to say, uh, I think I'll go where my fiance and father work. Man, could you imagine Charlotte went over to you? I know it's like, we're talking about bloated rosters and everything and the, the a surplus of talent, but geez, bagging Charlotte Flair on your program. Charlotte Flair versus Britt Baker. Charlotte Flair versus, versus Thunder, Thunder Rosa. Rosa. <laughs> Serena Deeb. The professor. Let's go. Let's go. Um, but yeah, so I, no, I agree. I think that Flair is going to give you ratings. So no matter how you slice it, 100% with that beyond a shadow of a doubt, Flair is going to give you ratings. And if you think that you can then transfer those ratings week after week, then then he's a worthy investment. That being said, Dom, we keep talking about how there's there's so much talent and it's so difficult to uh, to program all this talent well now all of a sudden if you program andrade with flair uh andrade is a top talent because he's associated with rick flair and and that means that you need to have him on tv every single week and i think it's right now i think andrade has to win that tnt title because you know you look at what it's done for the talent that has held that title you have and you have a good solid legacy behind this title already that's a new title like Cody, you have Brody, you have uh, Darby, you have Miro, you have now Sammy. So if you get Andrade in that mix and have him further establish himself in that belt more so, like we, for all that, for how long has Andrade been there? He hasn't really gotten a chance to really establish himself. So uh, he had Chavo, Chavo Guerrero for 20 minutes. Right. Uh, uh -huh. He's got Jose now. He's not really cutting promos. Just it's been weird, dude. And he's like in the he's with uh, the Hardy family office. He's now like one of the the main people there. This is a great segue too because uh, this might be our last topic, unless you have something else. No, but, gotta be. I gotta go soon. You gotta go soon. Okay. So there is Matt Hardy has separated himself from Private Party. Are they out of the him Hardy family office? Is what's already next? Here's what's. Probably going to be next for our, our good friend of the show indirectly, Matt Hardy. Uh, Jeff Hardy coming to AEW. Uh, talk about some ratings, Marcus. Jeff Hardy showing up in AEW, I think, can do that. I think and, we touched on it last time. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you get the Hardy boys back together. And their first program, quite clearly, would be Private Party. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that's. That is quite something. And then, of course, we're we're going down the road toward the Young Bucks. We got the Lucha Bros. Um, be, uh, FTR. Yes. And you talk about you talk about establishing a division too. You get arguably the best tag team to ever participate in pro wrestling with the Hardy Boys, name cachet, everything like that. Um, Dom, you saw the Young Bucks versus the Hardy Boys a couple of years ago in Philly. How was that? It was awesome, dude. Uh, like, cause out of this world, like kind of like surreal because I mean, I, and the, at that point too, this was November of 20, 
2014. Yes, 2014, November 2014. Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. Uh, it was the Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. I was familiar with the Young Bucks, but not very familiar. So when they came out to Mbop by Hanson, I popped enormously. I fucking belly laughed. And like, just, it was great. But like, to see those teams, like, go, like, who the uh, Young Bucks were, and like, knowing that they had such Hardy Boys ties and stuff like that. And it was awesome, man. And so, like, they're, Jeff's doing some uh, independent stuff with big time wrestling, him and Matt. They're uh, potentially either fighting the Briscoes or MLW's very own SAT, who uh, the the Maximos, Los Maximos. Uh, that, that's a cool setup going on. They're Marcus, dude. I don't know if you've seen this, but for Northeast Wrestling, the Hardy Boys versus Enzo and Cass. How about that? Boy, that would be something. How about that, man? I want to go to Connecticut just for that, baby. <laughs> it's it's good stuff, man. And no, you're right. No matter how you slice it, you bring Jeff Hardy in, you get the Hardy Boys back together on national TV. It's money. Mm-hmm. It's See, money. okay, Revolution. I don't. What is the date? I should know this. Jeez, do I deserve uh, to be March, here? March, March, something. March seventh. Is it seventh? I don't know. Is it is it early March or is it later March? I don't know. Do you know that much? Okay. Well, what help were you there? Because I think it's. Nope. I, I think I it's know. March. Might be March 6th. I think you're right. Um, but oh, Steven, Nesha's saying March 5th, Dominic. Okay. So, uh, Stephen, Jeff will not be in AEW before Revolution because his uh, Matt has said, unless he's like... Cave Haven. Cave Haven. He said that uh, it won't be, I think, until like March 10th he's available to do anything. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I would... I think Jeff is an understood when he came back to WWE when him and the Hardys came back, I was like, they have another title world title run with Jeff Hardy. there. They could have positioned him right away up against, you know, at WrestleMania 33 against the top stars and made him another talent that you could market behind and everything like that. They did not do it. They didn't do it obviously. And, um, you know, it's a real shame. So there's a lot, a lot of value in Matt and Jeff Hardy. I'm very excited to see this go. And like, Matt's been a lot of fun to cover uh, as Big Money Matt. Um, perfect segue, Marcus. What's going on here at adfreeshows.com? And oh, what you got kicking? Boy. Oh, what, boy. What you guys got kicking over there, huh? Yeah, Dom, things, things, life is good over at adfreeshows.com. Uh, we're actually doing adfreetrial.com right now. It's 10-day free trial with adfree shows. Get a little taste of uh, of what, what adfree shows has to offer. And let me tell you, man, there's a lot to it. Um you know, just just off the top of my head, uh, if you were to join adfreeshows.com, all of a sudden you've got access to the uh, the Monday mailbag. And it's a rotating cast, Dominic. So one week you've got Mike Kyoto, friend of the show. Yes. Uh, friend of the show, Mike Kyoto. Um, indirectly, joining, right? Indirectly. No, it, it, we're just <laughs> we're just buddies with Mike. But he uh, he he does the Monday mailbag with uh, with with Paul Bromwell, and then the next week, Dominic, um, it's uh, Taylor Taylor Williamson of uh, oh yes, of, Wrestle Rose. Uh, well, not Wrestle Rose. He's the, the the wrestling the roast, and he yes. also. He, he was also it. on a. He was on America's Got Talent. Um, I think he won America's Got Talent. Not America's Got Talent or the Last Comic Standing. Was he on? No, no, he was on America's Got Talent. Okay. Um, yeah. Very funny. And he's hilarious, and I think he won or he was in second place or something like that. I don't recall, and it sucks that I don't. But it's him and Gerald Briscoe on on the other Monday Mailbag. So right there, you've got that's worth price of admission. Uh, but on top of that, you get all the uh, the other shows early, ad free, um, and you get special benefits. The higher tier, you're a member 
member of. You know, we just had Serena Deeb, the professor of professional wrestling on there. Lash LaRue was just doing a live draw. It, it was called Time Limit Draw, where he's got a, a time limit and he's got to draw something. He wound up drawing. Oh, it was uh, a time Bruce. limit thing, too. Yes. Yeah. He wound up drawing Bruce Pritchard, his brother. I Love. saw it. It was really good. It's incredible. Um, and you just get to interact. And not to mention our hosts. You know, do you love Arn Anderson? You could talk to him. Uh, there's Q and A's once a month where you can BS with Arn Anderson, uh, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff. Uh, Eric Bischoff has actually weirdly, uh, hilariously, been making a habit of just calling people who are members randomly. Where yeah, he'll just—he's he, got your number and he'll just give you a call and check in, see how you're doing. It's not even about the show. He's just like, "Hey, how you been?" He's loving it too. He loves doing it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, make sure that you check out adfreeshows.com. Uh, at, at the very least, try a free trial. You'll, you'll probably fall in love with it while you're there. Adfreetrial.com, 10 days free. Uh, Dominic, uh, what's going on with you over at Podcast Heat, WrestleZone? Holy cats, let me tell you. Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing Podcast Heat. I'm covering, uh, yes, the extreme life of Matt Hardy. That was my segue. Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing social media for for those guys. Uh, Matt's talking about Big Money Matt and his um, how his, the origins of that character and persona. Uh, Italian Stallion, Carney style to a T. He's talking about working with him early off and how him and Jeff got like WWE gigs courtesy of him, but like they had to work for it. And Dom, did you ever hear the rumor that the Italian Stallion was a uh, was a leg breaker for the mob back while he was still a wrestler? <laughs> no, I did not hear that. This is the rumor and innuendo. I tell you what, Marcus, do you have you seen a picture of Italian Stallion? I have. I know what he looks like. He looks like Danny Aiello, does he not? Uh, he looks like nobody to, to piss around with. <laughs> he looks like Danny Aiello, like uh, circa uh, Ford Apache, the Bronx, Paul Newman. <laughs> but um, I'm yes. going to go out on a limb and say nobody in this chat got that reference, but hammer on Dominic. Either way. <laughs> Either way, yes. Uh, so it's been uh, he's, uh, the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy had private party on there. Is that Mon? Yes. Yeah, My he's goodness. he's trapped in the basement with me. He's displeased, so we got to wrap this like thing it. soon. So, uh, but yes, uh, private parties there. And Matt, uh, you know, this is the last family gathering together. You know, he considered them his honorary children. And now he has let them out in the wild. And here, Matt is on his own. Um, so that's been fun to promote and talk about that, as well as Wiser Wrestling with Kim Morton, Giovanni Angle, and John Alba. All, you know, Partying down and talking about like just being wise wrestling and living the celebrity life. That's the latest of that podcast where the, the big focus is that a so perspective you'll never get anywhere else on the other you'll podcast. You'll never get on everything. It's and it, they they go uh, they go in different directions and it's a lot of fun to see. Uh, you know they have some cool stuff going on there. So be sure to check that out. I also cover uh, leaning right and turning left with Hermie Sadler, a NASCAR driver, Hermie Sadler, and uh, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. Great dynamic between those two. Um, they talk about small business a lot and give perspective on like rule, like just certain aspects that go on with legislation and everything like that. And so they've had LeVar Arrington, uh, Penn State, Pittsburgh's very own LeVar Arrington on. They've had um, Jeff Jarrett on there. And uh, the most recent guest is Joe Camarada, who's a famed attorney that dealt with the, um, what's the woman's name? I think her name's Paula Jones, but in the, the Bill Clinton case. So he, he gives some neat perspective on that. Check that out. WrestleZone stuff. Got to talk about that. Hot Tag, my other show. Uh, like I said, around the horn, but with wrestling personalities and journalists, we talk about all the hot topics going on and point system, and a winner gets to speak their piece at the end of the show. 
So it's always fun. The debate gets heated like hot tag. And so uh, real good stuff there. I'm trying to get some cool, unique stuff cracking here with WrestleZone as well uh, that I can't talk about. But hopefully stuff comes to fruition. I do not like to say stuff, especially at this juncture now. But, like, I, I'm hoping to get some unique stuff kicking around there. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it, Marcus. Jeez, what a fucking show. I tell you what, we're really hitting out Holy the shit. here. Holy we're shit. Fucking, we're looking at a gosh darn stride. Are we not? Are Holy we not, shit. Marcus? What a show, Dominic. Am I valuable? Am I right. a valuable person? <laughs> right, right in the thick of the action. You know, Dom, you got to find value in yourself before you start branching out and asking other people to find value in you. You know what? What life lessons we're learning here on two fucking dynamite dudes. You know? Just two brothers hashing it out. Fuck you, Marcus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, fair enough. <laughs> so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and end it on that. Fuck you, Dom. All right. <laughs> hey, you know what? Not fuck you guys. Thanks for oh, tuning no. in. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you guys joining us. And, oh, two uh, weeks in a row, y'all get a cookie. <laughs> I might go eat a cookie right now. Damn, to I'm going to have some pasta tonight. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time right here on two Down My Dudes on a Rampage. Yeah, see you guys. Bye, guys. Everybody says you're so messed up, but you know.